Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome back to Behind the Veil, a show that gives you insights on how to plan a successful event. I'm excited to see you guys. My name is Keith Willard. I'm your creator and the host, and as well as an, an event planner. Um, today, we're going to be talking about micro weddings because we're living in a brand new age, you know, and everything that we have all thought about when it came to weddings and events is changing rapidly. And a lot of couples are deciding to do a smaller, more intimate event that's maybe in their backyard or maybe in, in a local clubhouse instead of the large event at the hotel and maybe doing a larger celebration later. So luckily, we've got three incredible uh, incredible people that are going to be talking about how to create a micro wedding and some of the things that you need to be looking out for. But before we get to these lovely ladies, let me introduce our Behind the Veil crew. First is Marcy Gutenberg with an affair to remember by marcy an invitation company it's great to see you marcy Hello. great to be here next we have uh, nicole sellers with cle events a vintage rental uh company thank you nicole it's glad to see you again glad to be back thanks for having me love it and then of course brooke logan stoner our fresh eyes on the street the one that gives us a perception that you know that we're not always like true professionals in this world. And sometimes we need to answer those questions that, you know, a regular person may have. So it's great to see you, Brooke. Thank you for that horrible introduction. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Nicole. I miss you. All right. So first of all, I want to introduce Kelly Murphy. Kelly is uh, the owner of Events on the Loose, having begun the industry in 1992, along with her husband, Bob, founding Panache Event Rentals. They sold that business in 2007, but Kelly stayed on with Panache until the itch for entrepreneurship started back up. And in 2015, she started Events on the the loose. Uh, she also began providing event rental provisions that are unique in the space of guest seating, buffet enhancement, culinary service, tabletop offerings, products, and utilization in events. And I just completely messed that up, but you totally get the idea. She has uh, and continues to work with culinary events and festivals, including the Sobe uh, Festival and the Sobe Seafood and tons more, and also a massive advocate of feeding South Florida. And I, it's great to see you, Kelly. Thank you for being on. Well, thanks for having me. Love it. Next, uh, I want to welcome Daniel Peacock. Daniel Peacock is the owner of Peacock's Pantry Catering and is, uh, I, of course, I've known you personally, and I've never called you chef, but we're going to say, Chef Daniel grew up in South Florida. Her earliest cooking lesson took place in her Italian grandparents' kitchen. She appreciating the art of picking fresh vegetables from the family's garden and creating the traditional Sunday family feast. She graduated from the University of Florida with a Bachelor's of Science in Business Administration and attended Miami Culinary Institute for Culinary Management in 2012. She established uh, Peacock's Pantry Boutique Catering from the true love of of catering and cooking and a commitment towards making her events an unforgettable experience. She has a flair for creating extraordinary food and unique event atmosphere and for which most people can savor their experiences. And I, I know personally how incredible your food and your production is. So it's great to see you, Danielle. Thank you. And then of course, finally to our, our kind of large group today is Susan Jaffe. Ruben, it's so great to see you. So Susan Jaffe is, is the owner of Pieces of Dreams. And uh, so your father was a catering director. Your mother was an interior designer. So you've always been an artist. Um, you have a degree in fashion, interior design, and graphic 
graphic design and you started Pieces of Dreams in 2000 year, in 2001, which means you've had- 2000 years ago. 2001. It's great to see you, Susan. I'm so excited to have you on as well. So thank you guys. Thank you. So today we're going to be talking about micro weddings and I'm actually going to start this conversation off with Susan to tell us what is a micro wedding? I mean, for people out there, because, you know, we, that term gets tossed around all the time. What right. is a micro wedding? Okay. So a micro wedding is a petite version of your grand wedding. It's as simple as that. I don't love the term micro, even though that's what we use. It sounds so clinical. Um, to me, it's a smaller, more intimate event so that it's safe, as safe as it could be in, in these times of uncertainty um, and what we're dealing with. It's still your special day. It's your moment. It's your memory forever, but it's just a smaller scale of it. Yeah. And, and, you know, and I think that's it, it. It really is important to think that, you know, just because you've moved your wedding from a larger format, let's say a, a hotel ballroom to your backyard, doesn't mean that you have to reduce the, the quality mm -hmm. of the pieces that are part of it. I mean, yeah. Kelly, I mean, you obviously have a company that is dedicated to that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Yes, I started. Um, as we're going forward, I am starting petite parties. Um, and the whole idea of it is to capture certain of the essence. This is still your day. This is the date that you wrapped yourselves around for your wedding. And whether you're going to have a larger one down the road, this is still that intimate moment in your life together as you are officially joined. So think of your details. Think of where you want it, whether it's for two people 20 people or or whatever the venue will allow socially to keep the distancing but you keep the elements you keep all those parts that are so special and talking about those parts i mean kelly murphy with events on the loose now i i'm a little uh, you know i i actually already use kelly for a bunch of events including a, a micro wedding that i'm going to be doing in at the end of october so i already love you but you know Tell us a little bit about what Events on the Loose provides, because it is really a great place to go when you're thinking about doing a micro wedding, because you have all the pieces and parts. Well, we do. We have the all the guest seating. We have the tableware. We can set up a kitchen for uh, folks like Danielle to create an amazing meal for you. Um, when I think about, um, I don't like to call them micro weddings either. I prefer uh, an intimate dinner party. Mm -hmm with your friends and family, uh, which is started with a ceremony to celebrate your your wedding. Um, yeah. So setting the table, um, keeping that part of it, um, the elements there, keeping it just stunning, um, you, it's, you're still celebrating. So it doesn't need to take anything away. Um, but we have, you know, we have the, the glassware, the, the china, some of it's behind me. You can, I'm sitting in my showroom actually. So I love that. A little glimpse of it. Um, it's actually very quiet here today. So um, that worked out very well. <laughs> but, you know, we, we like to work with the caterer and the planner so that we can all come together uh, and the decorator to, to come together to, to create uh, a palette for the, the menu. Um, the, the flow of the events and, um, and, you know, just kind of bring it all, all those pieces together. So, you know, not singularly, we like to work as a team. Right. 
And I think that's important. And, and Danielle, I mean, as an offsite caterer, I mean, I've, I've pers personally witnessed the incredible stuff that you're able to do. Um, and that's why I really wanted you on because I think that the product that you provide, you know, I think it's really important that when people think about hiring a caterer, you know, a lot of people worry that, oh, it has to be 400 people. I mean, tell us a little bit about like, you know, what people should think about as far as numbers of people and, and you know, what, what kind of services you provide? Well, so, you know, we are a farm to table caterer, so we're going to always offer products that are within season. Um, we do our best to always provide, you know, antibiotic hormone free and all of, you know, the best quality grass fed organic product that we can get. So the nice part about these intimate, you know, petite events is that, it gives us the flexibility to use some ingredients that we wouldn't normally use in a large event because we're able to kind of give these dishes a little bit more experience. Yeah. Not everything is available in large volumes, right? So mm -hmm. especially when you're trying to locally, you know, procure things from certain purveyors, you know, I can only get certain abundance of certain things. So I think it's been really refreshing. Um, for us to go outside of the box of menu items because, you know, it is like a private chef event when you're doing an intimate party for 25 or 40 people versus doing a wedding where it's 150 to 300 people. You know, it's a very different experience. So we're loving this, you know, and <laughs> we are, you know, listen, we did Super Bowl this year, so don't get me wrong. Right. <laughs> it's a little stressful, but that part. <laughs> I, I love being able to walk around the room, you know, when I'm on the floor and my team is able to get to personalize with the guests a little bit more. You know, we're able to connect in a way that we weren't really connecting before because in this mass volume, you know, you know, the immediate, right? Mm -hmm. So I think it has kind of created a more intimate experience for everyone. And as much as I know I had a very small wedding. We had 65 people and we did that because we wanted to have our immediate friends and family only versus, you know, the large extended Italian family that I could have had. Yep. It created an environment that was very pleasant for us. We were able to enjoy ourselves as a bride and a groom a little bit more. And it definitely took the pressure off of us financially. Right. We were able to do things a little bit more elevated than we would have done if we had 150 people for 65. That's actually a really big point because, you know, I think that a lot of times it gets lost when we do these really large events at the W or at the, at the Conrad or at the Ritz Carlton, you know, they, they get kind of massive in size, but it also means that the personal experience may be reduced. Mm -hmm. And, and we started that you actually, did your own wedding, but that you wish you hadn't, <laughs> or at least had a, a professional come in kind of the last week. I did my own wedding. Right? Well, Susan, I have seen you It's hard to, I mean, we, you know, we all know the elements that have to be put into it, you know, from our experience, but trying to be the, the host, and and the planner, it just doesn't work. I'm. Right. I mean, we still had fun. We laughed, but I can tell you all the things that went wrong. <laughs> um, to this day, we're laughing. Um, but uh, 
you know, I, I highly recommend if you can't if you can't afford to have someone that works with you from the beginning, then you should definitely have someone that's but you know, we call it day of, but it's really not. It's, no, it's not day of plus before. That's just a trap. I've learned that. Yeah. <laughs> day of, it's not like I'll show up on Saturday and here you go. Right. Yeah. But it would magically make everything happen the right way. But you know, they gotta get to know you. So I, I think that's you know, that's something that's that's uh extremely important and that's that's kind of the beginning. Right. And just, you know, to guide you through, just to keep your timeline going, even on a small dinner party, because you can get caught up, you know, on you know, one course too long or the you know, you want music or you wanna do something. I mean, I don't think we're dancing that much anymore. <laughs> Yeah, I'm just saying maybe the drunk uncle in the corner had something going for them. I'm just saying. And he's usually the one that's playing DJ quick anyway. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so one of the things that I actually was talking to uh, Susan briefly about and is one of, one of the deals or things that people need to start thinking about when they do a, a, an intimate affair in their backyard are some of the rules that you might not even be aware of in like HOAs. I mean, Susan, what are some of the things that people should be looking out for when it comes to doing an event in their backyard when it comes to their HOAs? I mean, what are the well, I, major I think that whether it's in your backyard and, and that scares me even that scares me even more because then we're dealing with the elements. I'd rather have it a place like Danielle's where it's a chameleon that I can we can create anything. But regardless of where you have it, right. you must follow the social distancing. You must make sure that your guests are safe. You, you want to have masks. You don't want to have, I mean, in my opinion, Danielle, correct me. I don't think that I would be very careful with pasta d'oeuvres. I'd rather have like personal plates. Um, I'd rather have my guests seated almost in their pods of, of where their comfort zones are within their bubbles. You know, I think that you just, the same as when we go out now, you must rigidly follow the rules. You know, it scares yeah. me. As much as I, I can't wait for us all to be able to have great events again, um, you've got to do it safe. You can't play around with this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel well, like I'm, chicken nuggets in a box and Tootsie Rolls aren't it. You know what I mean? No, <laughs> it's definitely not it. Well, when we, and even if you're talking about doing your event in your backyard, one of the things that, that I think that people have to think about are delivery issues, parking mm-hmm. issues, even trash issues. And Kelly, you and I were talking about, and I think Danielle could uh, chime in, I, is what not to think about. It's not before the event that you have to think about. A lot of times people forget about after the event. Like what yeah. happens to all that stuff after the event? I mean, can you can you enlighten us a little? Yeah, I mean, that's something to think about. There, whether it's a large or small event is the assumption that someone else is going to take care of it unless you actually specify that, you know, you have someone delegated to, pack everything up at the end of the night, break everything down. And usually working with the caterers, um, you know, we can kind of come up with an agreement of, you know, what they'll do, what we need them to do to have it ready for us if we're not picking up that night, uh, which can be challenging too, especially in a residential uh, with, you know, noise in the trucks. So we like to come the next business day, uh, but sometimes, you know, we have to come on like on a Sunday. And right. there are certain communities you can't bring a truck in. Like right. they don't want any commercial vehicles in there on a Sunday. So you have to always check that. Um, and if you're if you're at a venue, 
Um, don't assume that you can have stuff delivered anytime um, or picked up anytime. You definitely have to communicate with the venue and uh, and get their guidelines because that can mess up everybody on the on oh, yeah. the end and on the back end. But a lot of times, you know, we're so excited about getting the job done and having the party start, right? And then you know the cleanup and the pickup. So we don't. Um, we, we're constantly reminding people about that. By the way, yeah. don't forget. But because that's the same as no matter when we do a private event, I think that you can't presume because it's on a smaller scale, you can just right. get away with everything. Mm-hmm. That's true. I mean, that's the, that's the other thing is that, you know, people think, Oh, maybe we can slip under the radar. And sometimes that's true. You know, I've always, I've always kind of held the belief that, you know, you ask for forgiveness versus permission. But I think that if you're trying to make, keep good neighbors, maybe this oh. might be the odd opportunity to ask permission and, and talking about permission, Danielle, is, are there any things that people need to be worried about when it comes to food and backyards? Are there any permits or permissions or, you know, or or is this because it's on a private uh, residence? We haven't had any um, issues in regards to permitting. I mean, really, the majority of us are doing our mise en place in advance. So, you know, we're getting to the client's house, doing the finishing touches, firing the food to order. I mean, so the reality is, is you know, the permitting process I don't think is relevant. I think that when you get into putting up tents and different types of large items that right. could be in the yard or doing any kind of major, you know, entertainment needs. But I think that that's the glory of having a party in your own home, you know, is yeah. that you have a backyard and it's yours and it's your private, other than noise ordinances mm-hmm. and parking issues. I think that you pretty much have freedom to do what you want. You know, we're doing a micro wedding in October. And I think the biggest challenge for us is to figure out where everybody's going to sit because most residences aren't made to have tables for 40 guests in the backyard plus a dance floor plus a ceremony location plus a field kitchen you know so those are really the restrictions is just being and that's why a planner is so important especially from you know not only do we want to have a planner to make it pretty and to guide us along the way and get us engaged with the right vendors and be able to have educated you know responses to questions, I think that they're also there to figure out all the small logistics that everybody needs to work through to make the event happen successfully and seamlessly without any issues, because it's your day, regardless if you're getting married in front of 10 or if you're getting married in front of a thousand, you're supposed to relax. It's your wedding day. Well, and, and logistics are a big part of what an event planner does and, and figuring out. And and if you have an event planner, I think it's the event planner's job to figure mm-hmm. out what the rules and, and what have you. By the way, Susan Jeffy just dropped off. She'll be joining us right back, um, having a little technical issue. And there she is. Okay, good. Um, so, yeah, so what if, what is, you you mentioned field kitchen. And, and it, it's something that's not part of the industry. What is a field kitchen? It's basically a portable kitchen. So we call them field kitchens because obviously it's us taking everything that we would use in our commercial facility and setting up a staged kitchen in an outside location. Right. So that could be working out of a garage. That could be 
working out of a tent on, you know, on the side of somebody's home. On West Palm Beach in the rain. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And running food with umbrellas over your heads. I mean, you know, we've got that could be working in a hallway in a condo building, you know, in a fire exit, you know, but you know, it's essential because we want to fire everything fresh to order. So we need to have the appropriate um, tools. Right. And appliances to do that. And, you know, when we don't have those things in house, that's in, you know, I call my, my girlfriend, Kelly Murphy, and, you know, she'll come deliver me a, you know, whole thing. So I don't have to worry about it. Well, and, and you mentioned, somebody mentioned earlier about space in the backyard. And so, you know, Susan, I mean, I know that I've had to build stages and stuff over pools. I'm, I'm assuming... Right. And so have you. I mean, what are some of the things that people need to to even think about when they're trying to expand the amount of space in their property, especially when it comes to pool covers? I mean, I know I know some of the issues that I've run into, but I'd like to, to get your perspective on that. Well, I think as far as putting something over pool, number one, you always must have the best reputable companies that you're working with. These are not the times when you're trying to save a dollar. Because, you know, it's just got to be done right. And remember, I still go back to the same thing. This is your special day. This is, this is, you want this perfect. So when we're doing this, hire the professionals, hire the people, the best that know what they're doing. Make sure they have the permits. You can't just think that things are going to happen. Right. No, I mean, that's, and, and that's, that's really true. I mean, I know that I, I've used a, a company called Elegant uh, Parties uh, a couple of times, and they've done a great job when it comes to uh, covering pool, but a lot of people don't realize that it's a, lot, a much longer process, that it takes multiple days. There's, you know, there's construction involved, and that means having people in and out of your backyard, you know, and I think that's the other part of that is if you're going to do an event in your backyard, you probably need to think about the fact that it's not just that day. You know, a lot of times, Kelly, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming that based on delivery schedules, you may have to deliver the day before and pick up on a Monday. Well, and depending on the, the scale and the scope of items being put in, it's like, you know, if you have the pool covers, yes, it's they start. Um, and especially if there's going to be some kind of uh, uh, inclement weather um, and you want to yeah. get your, your tent up. That has to go up a couple of days in advance. So you also have to consider if the, the ground is going to be dry. Uh, so sometimes they want to you know, push that a little further. So, you know, you could have a wedding on a Saturday and yeah. in theory, your tent could go in on Tuesday because the anticipated rain. You don't want them installing a tent or even the pool cover when it's raining. Um, it's the biggest mess, uh, <laughs> especially if you have sod in the backyard and um, it can be a mud pit. And, the, you know, so now you want to protect your lawn from the wet, from the water um, and then, uh, you know, depending on how it's set, we may have to come in the day before or even two days before. It's just, it's, I get it. What you yeah, do. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's what you have to do. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, are there any, uh, food restrictions that people would be limited to because they're having to use an outside caterer or is it something that you can basically do any kind of menu? And that's we to you, Daniel, obviously. Yeah, I was like, oh, let me ask the chef. <laughs> no, I mean, if you want to have a wood-fired pizza in your backyard, Miss Murphy has one that she can just deliver right in there. You know, there are <laughs> And then, of course, your chef would be able to, to do a wood-fired pizza. But, yeah, right? So almost anything's available. But do you think that... Tacos and tequila. 
really i mean power let's talk about power because from a catering yes. perspective we need power and from an av perspective we need power so i think that is one of the largest challenges that i have experienced doing residential work is the need for a generator you know right. need to be discussed when you're you know designing the menu and what equipment do i need to bring in and you know what is the band or dj or you know what are the lights on the tent like you know power is probably the biggest challenge because residences aren't set up with that many circuits, right? right. So I'm in, in our event studio, that's one of the challenges that we had when we built was we were like, we need power everywhere, you know? And then, right. you know, we started to design the front for, you know, this pop-up market that we're doing. And now I have all these additional appliances in here. So, you know, back comes the electrician, put more power. So, you know, we're good. Well, and talking about power, I mean, what are some options that people can consider? And, and you, have, you can rent generators. You know, it's the same thing, Keith. Whether how many times have you done an event and you need to have a power drop, you yeah. know, in a venue? You you need to know what everyone's requirements are and what the facility has, whether it's a backyard, which I really like makes me shake in today's time, um, or a venue. I'd rather go into a venue, but we need that. And don't forget also in a backyard, you need bathrooms. Right. Yes. You right. can't just count on one or two bathrooms in your private home. Plus, you don't want everybody, you don't want people walking in there. So right. I think for me, um, in creating a petite party or these intimate events, I would look in terms of the same way I would do a larger one. What venue speaks to you the most? What's going to feel the best? What area can you create and design everything so you have your elements? Remember, on a petite party, it's not the same. It's not the huge size. So everything is right in front of you. Right. You want to have certain traditions. You want to have those elements, those design elements that are the wows, because you only have a small amount of people. So you still need to create your event in a space that works properly. Just like when we did the large events, you know, if you're going to have 300 people, but your room only accommodates 150, what are you going to do? You can't stretch out the walls. Right. Same thing for our smaller ones. You cover, you're going to be lost. <laughs> so you, we need to do things proportionately and go with where it's going to be the easiest. Even I think that we have enough dealing with everything now. Well, and, and talking about venues, you know, obviously in, in South Florida, we're we're dealing with phase two, which means we're at 50 percent occupancy. But of course, when we're talking about petite events, hopefully we're not having to worry about occupancy. But what about the other option, meaning that it's a super large space and we we have to figure out a way to bring it down, bring it to an intimate space? What are okay. what are some options that people may think about? Draping. We Draping. can always drape a room to make it smaller. If it has air walls, we can we can work within that. You can create certain vignettes so that we have that. Nicole, you know, makes amazing vignettes. So you want to have some of those spots that people can congregate at in in their you know in their little groups. Um, I would create it so that the dance floor yeah. there is a central focus, and so that your eye isn't going all around the perimeters of the room, but more being drawn in to the room. To create that warmth. Well, and Nicole, you, I know I know you had a comment on this because I know that this is kind of your specialty. Are these little vignettes? You know, elaborate. 
<laughs> well, um, I just actually wanted to go back for a second because we just went to an intimate birthday party um, and had uh, with friends and just some of the things that we, we were kind of talking about before that they had to do beforehand, which I think are good points when they checked with their city to see what the, the city allowed, first of all. And then they went to their neighbors as far as and then to make sure that the neighbors knew or were aware of what the city uh, yeah. allowed. So they went to their neighbors to make sure, you know, and then to be obviously aware of any local noise ordinances, um, like what time does the music have to be down and um, as like deliveries for commercial deliveries and things of that nature. So I just wanted to bring up a couple of those points. So if someone is planning to do a backyard event and some of these items, you know, doing things in a private home um, are permitted, but we see occasions where people are now renting out, you know, a mansion on the beach or whatever, but these right. items aren't zoned for to be commercial spaces and um, you can get into some trouble. So you do want to be careful because the last thing you need is the city coming and shutting down your event, whether it's intimate or not. <laughs> well, yeah, no, no, we, we don't want to run into it. You know, obviously if it's a small event, that would be the worst thing possible. But if you have something like Susan Jaffe in your life, you're not going to have to worry about that. Yeah, no, for <laughs> no. sure. No, but so, uh, that was just from um, just the, some of the things that we had to go through just this past weekend. So, so I'm going to, I'm going to open this up to everybody. What are some of the pitfalls that somebody that is planning their own event that you've had a personal experience that you said, you know what, in the future, I need to make sure that my client takes this into perspective. Marcy, I see you nodding your head. So I'm assuming that yeah, you have. A, yeah. Yes, I actually have a great one. Um, remember that when you're doing an outside event at the end of the night, you don't have the typical house lights that a ballroom or a big room would have. So you do need to make sure that there is sufficient lighting so that the people who are there to do a teardown, um, that they are aware of their surroundings. You do have unlevel flooring. You do have transitional flooring. And sometimes it is graded down or up. So you do want to make sure that you're providing ample lighting for this, um, for those areas, you know, for the, the teardown process. Well, and that actually brings up a good point because a lot of people don't realize that in their backyard, there's going to be little, little indentations that somebody can easily, you know, yeah. break, snap their, their, their ankle. You don't want to think about that kind of stuff, but there is insurance out there, by the way, event mm -hmm. insurance that people can take yeah. out for their own personal event. And it, I think that it's a good investment. Um, Nicole, any, any insight into like some of the pitfalls that people should be, you know, thinking about? Well, I, I think, um, you know, Susan and Kelly and Danielle have already, and I've had the pleasure of working with all of the lovely people on the panel, which is always um, a great enjoyment to me. But the, you know, it's never as easy as it looks and you would do want to, <laughs> and you do want to enjoy your event. But I, um, one thing I think that people are, because they're not doing such large events, like Danielle said, they're able to do elevated, you know, they're able to have things that they weren't necessarily able to have. They are able to expand maybe on some seating groupings or some other alternative areas for people, their guests to enjoy. Um, and get in a professional, it'll make your life so much easier. And, you know, many of us are available. If you if you're not looking for full planning, many of um, us are available for partial or that can help out even with 
Yeah, even even with just even with helping connect you to the right vendors. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of professional resources. You know, if you're going to Acadia like Danielle, she can connect you to people who have the things that you may need or want. Or and or if you're working with Susan or Marcy, you know, they're on the front end of it. They can get you to the right people so you can have a seamless event. And and like Susan said, making sure you find check recommendations, make pe- make sure people are insured. Um, that will make your life go much easier and you're not going to end up with having someone who takes a deposit that you never hear from again. And and unfortunately that does happen. So find the best people you can find. And I think that's really important that, you know, all of us on this panel have been in the business for a long time. And I think it's really important that everybody that who, you know, when you're talking to your client, that they listen to your recommendations because you're not going to re- recommend anybody that you don't want to work with. I no. mean, <laughs> not normal. <laughs> not normally. And, and I, you you meant so Katana by the way made Katana Kaplan from uh, Geller of Amazing Things actually just uh, made a comment on our Facebook Live that she actually was dealing with an offsite event where they didn't take into parking, they didn't oh. consider parking, and that's a big one. I mean, when you're talking, right when you're talking about uh, event space, I mean, Susan, have you run into an issue with that? I mean, I know you're like if it's at a venue, you don't have to think about that, but you have to think about parking at a venue too, because you have the valet and you've got to make sure you have enough coverage. So I think that what you need to do when you're creating this event, our smaller intimate events is realize it's still an event. So all of the same details, all the same elements that you're going to put into your larger ones, go into the smaller ones, just because it's smaller doesn't mean that you don't think about all of this. And I think a thousand percent, you know, have a professional on board. It will help, but don't diminish what these events are about. This is your special day. This is your wedding. This is your, your kid, your child's bar mitzvah. This is your, a life event, whatever it is. So you need to figure it proportionately. And then it still goes down the entire checklist of everything that goes into it from your invitation to um, down to a party favor at the end and everything in between, including masks. Marcy, is that something you would actually put in the invitation? What is that? The parking? The the, the The situation. Um, Depending on if there is a real need for it, uh, most of the time, you know, it's really kind of you drive up and you would see the valet there. So you really don't need to put it in an invitation. But I would, one of the cautions I would tell people is that just because you're having a smaller intimate event, then you still don't want to plan too close to the event, meaning that you really want to give it its due diligence. This is a special day. You want to make sure it's done right. right. And, you know, the process for things still takes place, whether it's for the invitations, whether it's for ordering food and so forth. So you do want to make sure that you're doing things in a timely fashion. Because I feel like it's kind of borderline tacky to put that on an invitation, especially the caliber that you make yours at. Yeah. But then again, also that I I know firsthand with Keith that that can be a problem if that's not handled properly. Directions. If I was going to say, if if you were going to do anything, I would do it on a separate card rather than the invitation itself. Correct. On a direction card with some special instructions. Mm -hmm. I do know that the last few residential weddings that we did they asked all of their guests to uber and they specifically put in their you know wedding website parking is restricted it's for bridal party and you know elderly family only there is no parking please uber there's no parking 
you know, that's because, yeah, that way that's, <laughs> the, the invitations yeah. aren't tacky. Yeah. Well, and then, know, sorry, I also, um, I wanted to bring up something about when we're doing our intimate events. Right. What about everybody that's, what about all the people, our guests that we want to include in our event, but we can't physically have them there? Like ways that we can still have them as part of our celebration. Absolutely. So yeah. I actually, I'm, I'm going to actually answer that for you. It's okay. I have some ideas, but go for okay. it. Marcy. So I just wanted to um, actually point out that when you're doing an invitation, you ha you can do two different invitations. I'm actually in the mm -hmm. process right now of doing two separate invitations for the same client. One is going to be for her in virtual, her in person guests versus her virtual guests. Oh, that's right. And um, you know, you just kind of mm -hmm. want to make sure that you're giving the focus, um, you know, the process, so that you don't you don't want to send out the wrong invitation to the wrong person. Right. So you <laughs> you do want to well, make sure same, you're being very right, if you're inviting them to the Friday night dinner, but or to the Sunday brunch, you want to make sure you have everybody the right ones get started. <laughs> Right. And, and, and well, and I'm going to actually get back to the social distancing part because Susan, you brought this up at the beginning, but Danielle, how are you handling the, the idea of pastor d'oeuvres in this world of COVID? I mean, so we, we, every, I mean, if you attended any of our events prior to COVID, you know that we are vessel heavy. We are an eco-friendly company. We love to put things in a very boutique kind of stylish presentation. So we like to use individualized vessels. It is one of the things that we've always done from the very beginning. So that is a standard implementation now is that everything is in its own vessel. It is not something that's going to be on a platter that a client is going to pick up with their hands or anybody can touch anybody else's food. Um, we have been looking into uh, acrylic shields for the top of our hors d'oeuvre platters. So that is the secondary option. As we start to see the volume of our events increase, we'll obviously we'll um, contract more of those. So it'll be like a small clear shield. So it acts as like a sneeze guard in essence. Um, I think that as long as you maintain social distancing from a service perspective, right. I think that it's imperative to have respect for one another as a guest and as a service professional, you know, that we're not on top of each other and that we're making sure that everybody's being respectful of one another's space. It has been very successful for us. Honestly, we have not really had any issues. I think the biggest challenge is going to be as we start to get into, you know, larger volume events and, and, and getting back into that buffet style of food, because yeah. we've really been very fortunate to yeah. be plated only. Um, and we plate covers, so that's not an issue for us either. Uh, doing buffet, because, you know, the mandate is, is that we are to serve the food if we're going to do a buffet, and there should be a guard. So, you know, when you have a 150-person event at a buffet, and, you know, I just think that that'll be the next challenge for us. Yeah. But right now, past hors d'oeuvres, you know, I think people appreciate the individualized portions. You know, mm -hmm. they have their own little plate. Like a bento box? Little buckets. We have these like little pails that the servers have. So when they are passing the food, right. they take the trash at the same time. So, you know, because you always have that thing of I'm holding my cocktail and now I've got this vessel. Right. I put my drink down. So we try to make things as easy and user friendly as possible. 
Well, I'm talking about those, you know, you said that you're plate heavy, you know, individual plate heavy, and that's Kelly Murphy from head to toe, right? For, for all the individual <laughs> plates. And I had to tell you that I was really excited that, you know, I had a, I had a wedding that, uh, again, was at the end of October, we're going to be at the W, we're going to be 150 people, now mm -hmm. we're doing 20 people in their backyard, um, and I'm having to cover the pool, but the thing that I love about it is that I got to go and do like really cool dishes, something that they would not have ever been able to do at a, a big box hotel. Right. And, you know, I think, and Kelly, you, you know, your staff was amazing in helping me design that. So I, I think that's important to, to let people know. I finally get to wear my new shoes. <laughs> <laughs> well, if Sorry. we have an idea of what people are looking for, I mean, we can preset that. That's, you know, a lot of um, people have been cautious about going out and coming into our studio here, but um, we're by appointment. And if you give us a heads up of, you know, if you look at the website, um, you know, get your Pinterest board or whatever it is, your mood board going of what your style is, then we can get things done in advance for you so that when you show up, you don't have to be here for a long time. Although we love having you, Keith, it's okay. Um, but you don't have to spend a lot of time and we respect, you know, that- Just don't bring that girl. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Well, no, I'll bring you one long, bro. <laughs> you know, what I actually really appreciated though, is that because we're doing everything via Zoom, and I think Susan can join me on this, it was really nice to have that pre set visual done so that way it was just an easy uh phone call an easy zoom call to be right. able to show them what it looks like on the table already done right you know people are visual it, it, a lot of times we have these discussions and we're like oh this particular type of china this type of silverware and we can visualize it in our own heads right. but our, our clients don't no well go ahead that was the, as you. creative people we think everyone sees the world the way we do and it's only it's like a shock when you find out they don't, you know. So we see it. <laughs> that is so true. Oh my goodness, that is so true because we do. We are very visual people, and we we can build the whole event in our heads, and all of us do it. And then sometimes right. it's that translation issue that comes into like, how do we translate it to somebody that? And now at a distance because we don't have the ability to show them books and and to be in person. Right. right. And, Marcy, I mean, for you, when it comes to invitations, that's got to be even crazier because a lot of people want to touch and feel the paper. Yeah, it is. It is definitely. It's a, definitely a different world. Um, a lot of times, I'll either do in a like a Zoom meeting with somebody, or I'll take pictures and I'll send it to them. Um, but I'd like to take it up close so that they can see like the texture of the paper, or if it's a smooth paper. And then they would like to see a, more of a visual of what it's going to look like in the end. So I try to give them as the best image that I can within, you know, the scope of dealing with virtual. And then, Danielle, how are you handling? Um, because I know you do tastings, right? And, and God knows I love going to your tastings. You know, but how are you handling tastings during this, this crazy time? We are you know, one times. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, missed, I missed it too in the one. I time. Have a little get together already. Oh my god. Oh my god. I mean, Keith is on a zoo. I'm going to go to the new space yet. I mean, Keith is on a zoo. I'm going to go to the new space yet. I'm going to go to the new space yet. I'm going to go to the new space yet. I'm going to go to the new space yet. I'm going to go to the new space yet. I'm going to go to the new space yet. I'
felt that the best way to highlight the menu that the client has selected is to do what is on their menu. Um, and we're sticking with that. I think that, you know, we didn't do tastings for, I'd say probably the first four months, you know, the heavy portion of COVID. I think that everybody is, is ready to be out. Um, you know, we are, I mean, if you know me, you know, I'm a germaphobe already. So if you can only imagine what it's like here in operation, yeah. you'll know that, you know, I'm bleaching and scrubbing and disinfecting and Clark wiping everything and Lysoling. So, you know, I think that plus, and I'm in 2000 square feet. So if I have four people in 2000 square feet, I think we're, we're pretty safe when it comes right. to this. And she <laughs> always has a lighter anytime I need it. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know. We don't, we, we, and I honestly, I have to tell you, a lot of the weddings that we've booked lately have not requested a tasting. They have been very trusting of their planners and their referrals. And that's such an incredible honor to me because I, you know, being a foodie before I was a chef, I was like, I'm going to try the food before I buy it. You know, I mean, it's just the nature of the, of the beast, but we have actually received a lot of business interest from the family meals. So people that have just been like, oh, we got this amazing family meal delivered to us and this chef is amazing. And they're like, oh, we're having a shower or we're having a wedding or we're, have, you know, we're having a family birthday party. And and it's been very referral based for us lately, which is yeah. great. Well, because the majority of our business was corporate. We had a really large corporate segment and, you know, our immediate relationships with our planners and our venues. So we're, we're very grateful that we have been able to well, and, and talking about talking about bleach, right? And Kelly, you do a lot of dishes, a lot of silverware. Yes, we do. You know, when that stuff comes back to you, what is the process? You know, what how's what is the process in order to make sure and and to kind of help people go? You know, this is this is a place that I want to rent from. Well, first of all, before COVID, we've always uh, we always. Uh, wash and, and process our dishware, our flatware, our glassware in 180 degree water. Um, that's that's We've done that for 30 years. So everything is sanitized and then it's individually wrapped on the way out. Obviously, you can't do that on the way back in, but generally the, uh, the caterer will do a rinse or a scrape so that we don't have food coming back to us. Right. Uh, it's not pretty and it doesn't smell nice after a few days. So we ask that <laughs> <laughs> the delay is not in the dish anymore um, and so you know we get it back and we go through the process it, it, you know we we do a pre we a pre-wash pre-rinse pre-wash hot wash hot rinse right. no rinse let it dry with a rinse agent um, sounds like laundry but that comes back to what we were saying if you're using great vendors, you're using the right level, then, then you have that trust factor. Mm -hmm. Right. Yes. I mean, and when, you know, we started to do this, you know, when everybody was very concerned about surfaces being contaminated. So, you know, our glass racks are all wrapped. Um, Our flatware is bagged and sealed and dishes are wrapped. Um, Our crates go through the machine as well. So um, yes, it, it comes out of the machine clean and, and everything gets put in it. But then, um, you know, we take an extra step. We, we use a surface sanitizer and right. we just spray everything. Everything gets sprayed. Our furniture gets sprayed. Um, any of the crates we have, the outside of the plastic wrap gets sprayed. So that, um, and the, the, our, our team has the spray bottles in the truck, you know. So we're, we're trying to kind of double up, um, you know, just being a little bit overly cautious 
Um, and uh, and a better place to be. Yeah, I, you know, I, there is there is a perception to how much can be cleaned. Um, you know, so we you know we do our best to accommodate that. Well, and I think that we've gotten to a point now that people are starting to come on the other end of COVID and said, look, we we, we just want to start being with other people. Right. But let's figure out a way to do that safely. Mm-hmm. And you you three are, are perfect examples of businesses that are already doing this and doing it uh, successfully. And I think that's just really important for people to understand out there that are thinking about doing an event or or a smaller event that it's happening already and it's already happening and it's being done safely mm-hmm. unlike the the event that happened in uh up north uh maine maine thank you you know i mean when you have 150 people and you had you know super spreaders you guys are definitely making sure that you're taking those steps to make sure that you know the event is safe right and there's another thing that we actually implemented when we started covid because we did our first um, petite wedding, so to speak. And it was in June. And so we implemented, and that was when we started our summer chef series, we actually had sanitation signs made. So when we get on site or if we have an event here at the event studio, we, on top of, you know, Kelly Murphy's rentals that have already been sprayed, we're taking, you know, hospital grade disinfectant in a rag. We're wiping the chairs, we're wiping the tables, wiping everything down. We're actually putting a sign that says this area has been sanitized. And then we're also putting, a, you know, a boutique like little, you know, glass bottle of hand sanitizer that says, please sanitize to kind of influence the guests as they're around the perimeter and sitting at their tables to at least hand sanitize while they're sitting there. So, you know, it's important. It's you important. have to, you know, everybody has to work together as a team. And I think that as long as everybody's on the same page with what their protocol is yeah. and saying, well, you know, just because it's on the loose is, spraying the wood furniture doesn't mean that at a certain point in time before the guest sits down to eat dinner that you know there is a potential that somebody might have touched it so you know mm-hmm. we're just taking that extra step as well and and then at the end of the night as well you know making sure that mm-hmm. you know my staff has gloves on they have their masks on they're making sure everything's bagged in plastic bags versus being out so that when we get back here they can be sterilized and disinfected. So Susan, when, I, when it comes to, I mean, I think this is a super important point. I think that, you know, most people are worried about, you know, viruses and, and about spreading things. How do you make this chic? How do you make being, you know, clean and, and sanitized chic in today's world? Well, rhinestone <laughs> everything. That, that, that's Danielle's Diamond part or, or the part. Um, my side of it is how I would design it so there is the right distancing that my guests would feel safe and um, that masks are required, you know, but then when they're dancing and Kelly has this great mask now with a little flap for your straw. Oh my goodness. You, you need see. to think outside the box when you're doing this so that we can keep making parties and we're not going to go the other way, you know? Well, and I think that's really important. I think it takes, uh, it takes a village, so to speak. I mean, we obviously have a mini village right here. Um, you know, it, it takes a village and, and, and bringing up the, the sip and see, I just going to, you know, brag on Kelly a little bit because she did come up with a mask that doesn't fog your glasses and that you can still drink from a straw while being with your mask on. So great it, thing ever. Right, greatest thing ever. On today, I have my I have my C. <laughs> <laughs> I saw Keith, and all of a sudden, I was like, I wonder if I could do like a box of wine and just do the cork thing and just be like, 
Uh, I can do the mini bottle. Turn it off. <laughs> you know, I I want to say something, Keith, yeah. if I may, about inviting because when we're doing when we're doing these events, we still have so many guests, family that we would love to include, but we can't. I'm doing a wedding, and we're sent. I'm sending out a Zoom box, and it's going to have the mini bottle with the straw and the and the mask and a little bit of the celebratory parts just so my outside guests could feel that they're still part of it and then at a certain point there's going to be a zoom so that they're enveloped in the party I you know that. it's another safety yeah. factor so i can have more if i could just add too i mean because danielle did a really cute uh setup with the the sanitizing on the table she has adorable little bottles pump bottles but you know, where we've always had a, a gift table and a card table and a cake table, we're gonna have to have a, a sanitizing station. And, and you, you wanna make it look not so um, industrial. Well, right. it's true, it's true. You don't want to do in there, put a little style. So use your imagination. Uh, one, I, yeah. one of the things we did uh, in the beginning, we couldn't get dispensers. You couldn't get a pump sanitizer. I mean, everywhere you went, they're sold out. So we were, we had to buy it by the gallon. And then I'm thinking, well, I, how am I going to pour this stuff? And um, rhinestone I, it and just I, lay it there with some flowers on it. I'm telling you, it fixes anything. Glitter is horrible. Don't use glitter. A drink dispenser. And right. we put it up, a mason jar drink dispenser, which it's still here. Uh, we still have it at our front door and here in our studio. Um, and, and it takes, you know, it gives just the right amount of sanitizer and it looks cute and we kind of decorate it. Um, but, you know, think about that's just another element, but make it nice. You know, if it's got to be part of it and you want to encourage people, if they can't wash their hands right. uh, there, but, you know, have the opportunity to have one Circle or two. Circle gets the square. <laughs> so, yeah. Danielle, so, Danielle, when it comes to serving food during these socially distanced times, do you do you have a, a server per table? Is, you know, are... What are the, some of the precautions that we're, you're We are sticking with the same level of service that we always have. So mm -hmm. we haven't reduced service at all. We're just trying to maintain the least amount of contact as possible. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, there are always single-use gloves that are being changed between each task. So when we're serving food, you know, if they have gone from serving food to coming back into the kitchen to do a new task, there's always a new set of gloves. So we're really trying to, and then we're trying to, you know, promote social distancing. So obviously when you're passing somebody food, you know, you can't be like, hey, you know. <laughs> but, Which we all do a little bit. Go fast. Um, you know, <laughs> but we are trying to kind of maintain as much distance as we can. Um Right. From the client, which is another reason why we are really focused on using plate covers and doing plated meals, because it really allows us to get the food from the field kitchen to the table. You know, it's been completely enclosed the entire time. We are back to tray service, which kind of just makes it easier for us versus, you know, carrying the plate in two hands. Um, and, you know, I mean, it's six people at a table, so it's not, yeah. you know. Well, and that's one of the things is that I'm I'm using actually uh, uh, Kelly's uh, these beautiful wood whitewashed tables that that we're now going to seat six people where before we were seating eight or ten people, mm -hmm. you know, just to give people a little room. You know, it, it may not be the the full six feet, but 
you were trying to set family members with family members that are in the same household. And I think that's one thing that as an event planner and Susan, maybe you can agree with me is that we're having to take even extra consideration on seating charts. Right. Totally. You can't be too safe. Mm -hmm. I'm going to do it diagonal seating on an event so that I keep the bubbles of each family together, but still have a large family table. And, and, and I think that what we're saying with everything that we've talked about is that events can still happen. I think that's the, the, the super important message here is that, yeah, we, we may need to think rethink them. And, and yeah, maybe we're not doing the 150 people, but there's still a, an intensity and power that comes with doing these petite events that you might not be able to get with 150 people. You know, that you're going to be able to give them a much more specialized event, a much more, you know, uh, experience, you know, specific experience that you may not have been able to do for, with 150. I mean, Susan, you just talked about doing these these cool little boxes that are going to be shipped to people. I mean, how cool is that? You know, first of all, you don't have to deal with Uncle Bob, the drunk Uncle Bob in the corner, and you get a gift in the mail. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't want a bottle well, of <laughs> so that you still feel that the people that you oh, would love wow. to have there, but because we it's not the right time to have them, but we still right. can, and they're still part of it. You know, you and you just you know, to me, it's embrace the traditions, embrace what you're making the memories, embrace this day, you know, and make it as safe as possible. Go down your checklist over and over and over again. Use the professionals, use people that are focused on each one of our areas of what we know what we're doing and how to do it, you know, and make it happen. You're not spending the money that you would for 200 people if you're going to have 20 people. So you have a little bit more financial latitude. And I think that's also important. Don't cut corners because you're, you are, you're saving a ton of money. You're not having to do 150 people. So don't cut corners when you're doing it for 20. I think it's more important than ever that you upgrade that service. You upgrade yeah, at this point, service. I was going to say, um, double time, baby. <laughs> you know, make sure like, we're all safe and and um, everybody's enjoying their day and it lasts forever. And that lasts forever. And and I think that it's also important to have the right photographer. Just because you're doing a backyard event, don't gimp on the photographer because those photos are forever. That's right. That's you're right. making your memories in your life together. So, you know, it's what it's about. Yeah, just because diamonds. it's 20 people doesn't mean that you should, you know, uh, use your iPhone to capture the memories. I still think that you need a professional to, to capture those because again, it's going to be forever. You want to make sure that those, those photos are last the, the test of time. Mm -hmm. And right. Yeah. Yeah. The feelings are only there for one day. So you want to make sure to capture it and in, in the biggest way possible, because that's what you're going to remember as right. you, you know, as you're getting, you know, you grow older. And the other thing is a photographer's eye sees differently than what you and I see. Uh, we just did a photo shoot the other day. Uh, Danielle was part of it. And the photographer was taking shots at the table and he was letting me look in through his lens. And I was looking at how he was shooting it. But what I saw and put together was one thing. And then what he shot and brought into it was totally different. And it totally changed the image even that I had in my head. So I was taking my iPhone shots and then I kind of felt like kind of stupid because <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, wow, I didn't think about it that way. But it's the same with your guests. I mean, they're right. going to capture nuances. They're going to capture 
you know, intimate moments and conversations and, and you want that to be done well. Kelly's exactly. like, I'll just have what he's having. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I always say it's the details that define the difference, you know. It, it really it's is. Defining details. Yeah. It, it really is. All right. Well, I, and that's our hours. And I just want to say thank you guys so much for being a part of this. I think that we went over some really important stuff. You know, so Susan Jaffe, uh, Ruben, with Pieces of Dreams, you gave <laughs> us some incredible insights. I love the Benjo Box idea about shipping it. I love yep. what the ideas that you were coming up with. That's incredible. Danielle Peacock with Peacock's Catering. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Kelly Murphy with Events on the Loose. Thank you for, you know, helping people feel more confident about rentals and, and just in general, but only if they come from you, just FYI. And <laughs> I want to work on the 30th now. Thank you, Kelly. <laughs> and then again, thank you to our Behind the Veil uh, crew, Nicole with CLA Events, Brooke Logan Stoner, and Marcy Gutenberg. We love you guys every week. Next week, we're going to welcome James Fritz from the Ritz-Carlton in New Orleans, who's going to be talking about the hotel side of, of this, all of this. So we look forward to seeing you guys next week. Everybody say goodbye. Bye. 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 <laughs>